Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. You know what it is? It's a dimly lit room. Deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, everybody, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Folks, I'm about to say a word. This Uh word has a P at the end. P is in puck. Okay. P is in petunia. P is in Peter, Paul, and Perry. Our general manager today is bullshit. Bullshit. It seems like virtually every major narrative going on in the U.S. right now is dominated by the crap of bulls. You want to give a couple examples? It's it's an interesting... Ah! Good drumming there at the end. Good, fantastic. Um, It's an interesting... It's interesting the way words work that you can say bullshit. But... It doesn't have the magic powers, as if it had a T at the end. Yeah, exactly. and I'm I'm anti. I, I want less bad language in public. Mm-hmm. I don't like that I can't take my kids in public without hearing lots of bad language. It's Agreed. amazing to me how many people are willing to just casually drop f bombs with kids around. It's just stunning to me. But anyway, on the other hand, it is interesting. You can replace one letter, and it's perfectly okay. Right, and then there's the A-H word, uh, either half of which is generally acceptable, but together is uh, is terrible. It, it can't be said. Uh, although oh, the, the late Don Imus used to say it on his show all the time. I find that term very coarse. It's off-putting, yeah. On the other hand... I think BS should go mainstream just because it's such a good description of something. It's It's perfect. It is a perfect word. The rest of the obscenities in the English language, honestly... Eh, they can be fun, but they're not necessary. I think bull hockey, bullship, if you will, is a perfect word to describe, you know, that which is not true yet uh, passed off as true. Pori Hemplo for today. Well, I'm looking at all of the, uh, all. I mean, I could go through all sorts of headlines. Um, with Afghan, pull out Biden names to reset America's global agenda. Uh, there, how much of uh, what's been discussed in Af- about Afghanistan has been bull hockey? Uh, vaccine pause threatens to worsen hesitancy mm. problem. How much of the vaccine uh, discussion or the J and J specifically? I mean, my God, there's a piece I want to talk about a little bit later on. Uh, where where is it? Uh, it has to do with uh, one California school district that's cheek bejowl with dozens of districts that are still closed. But this one district has been open since last fall, and everybody's great. Everybody's fine. How much of the discussion about reopening schools has been bull hockey? It's just and, and here's a story: Senate poised to advance rare bipartisan measure. I'm for bipartisanship, aimed at hate crimes against Asian Americans. Well, a hate crime or violence against anybody is horrific, and, and, and our Asian friends, I hope that stops immediately. But we we live by and in 
cities where this has been a big story. And then you go to the cops and you go to the prosecutors and they say, yeah, it's young black men. It's generally robberies because the old Asian folks are known to carry cash and the rest of it. But have you heard any of the bull spitters of the mainstream media point that out? No. I just I feel like our entire job when we get up in the morning is come to the radio studio with a pair of sturdy work gloves and a nice shovel and shovel bull hockey all day long. I've actually done that for a wage, so uh, I'm well, well suited yeah, to the work. You can speak to that. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're an expert in 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 bull and cow. My first day, stuff. my first day at the feedlot in Western Kansas for a, uh, a full time forty hour a week job. Uh, they had me shovel out the uh, one of the stalls for the horses, I guess, for the, the, huh. the cowboys rode. They're actual cowboys on actual horses riding around dealing with cattle. Um, anyway, and I shoveled it out. And uh, then at lunch, the head cowboy came in who was like 6'4", 300 pounds. Very big dude. Uh-huh. Um, uh, had to have a big horse, huh? Uh, he did. He did have a big horse. I remember rode a I, hippo. I rode on the back of his horse all day long one day for something, and see, so he'd ride. He was riding a saddle, and I was sitting right behind him. And because I was a small child anyway, his horse was so giant, my legs were so sore the next day from like basically <laughs> yeah. doing the splits. Right. Yeah. Anyway, he comes in at the lunchtime in this little lunch section we got there, and he said, "I thought we were going to have somebody." He said to somebody else, "I thought we were going to have somebody shovel out that horse barn." And I was just devastated by it. I had worked all morning long on it. <sighs> Intimating, of course, that he couldn't tell any work had even been done. Oh! It took me quite a number of months before I realized everybody who starts there has to shovel that out. And then he comes in and says, I thought we were going to have somebody shovel out that horse park. <laughs> Which is part of the whole. It's his signature move. <laughs> put you in your place. Exactly. Pat you on your heels. The way I don't know if workplaces are still this way, but when I was a young man, getting you on your heels early and keeping you on your heels was the function of like everybody in management. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, to make sure, hey, here's the deal: you could get fired at any moment, and we are not that happy with the job you're doing, and you just started. All right, and, let's and, keep and, this straight. And when that happy day finally dawns, where you're more or less balanced on your feet and no longer on your heels, you think, wow, that took a while. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. I think you get sued or fired. Or Not something. as much. No, Canceled. no. No, well, the, the little butterflies, the little, uh, what do we call them, snowflakes, uh, they, they, they'll, they'll cry. They'll go home. They'll call their mommy. My boss is being mad to me. Call my boss. My mommy. Child. You child. Um, uh, we're going to have Mike Lyons on later this morning. He's a military analyst. We absolutely think he's fantastic, and we've had on for years. And we're doing this because Biden talked to Putin yesterday, and in it's being reported he told Putin, hey, knock it off with the whole buildup of arms on the Ukrainian border there. We'll see what happens there, what we could do from a, an actual military strategist. Obviously, we've got to talk about the announcement that we're pulling out of Afghanistan. A lot of people unhappy with the whole choosing 9-11 20th anniversary to get out. That is too cute by half at least. Yeah. What is, yeah. What, was the, what is the point of that? I heard one Democrat senator, senator say, eh, very meaningful, very, very meaningful. Is it? Very. My favorite comment on it came from Steve Hayes of the Dispatch, who said, yeah, it's an anniversary for the Taliban, too. As in, <laughs> you came in here 20 years ago, and now you're oh. leaving, and you didn't accomplish anything. Yay. Wow, good point. It is a good point. It's yeah. their anniversary also. Hey, yeah, that's right. 20 years ago, we knocked the crap out of you guys, and you tried to punch back, and now you're leaving. Having wow. not accomplished what you said you were going to accomplish. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, uncork a bottle of whatever they drink, is the Taliban. Goat milk. 
Um, I, yeah, I shouldn't care about that, but it's a good point. If anybody's going to celebrate that anniversary, right? It's them, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's so obvious, but such a great point. Yeah. Anyway, we got lots to talk about today. As always, oh yeah, world keeps spinning. It's teamwork Bull that makes crap keeps being crapped by bulls. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. And that's why we introduce our banner squad. There's our uh, technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. You actually ever shoveled dung, Michael? Yeah, actually, I have. Okay. Yeah. What um, animal's dung were you shoveling? Cows. There you go. Yep. Uh, w- reached, uh, what did I do yesterday? Oh, yeah, I bought a new video game system. And uh, the thing that has changed in the 20 years since I took up video games was you now have to register your name, your address, your credit card information, Terms and conditions. It takes forever to set up. Yep. Because it's just they need to get so much information. Do you agree to this? Do you yeah. decline this? Is it, it for like in in game purchases or because you're it's a for member of everything? A club? Well, for... I'll tell you what it's for. It's to have your information and profit <laughs> right, off of course. it. As uh, Andrew Chang regularly says, it's more profitable in, than oil on the world market at this point. But there's no way to play those games. When I got the Nintendo Switches and all that sort of stuff, you have to sign up some, for so many accounts and give them so much of your information, you're just now fully part of their world. Ah, yes. Whether you like it or not. Oh, boy. And uh, they, they make, oh, you, you want to play this game or not? Or is your kid sitting next to you really wants to play uh, Minecraft? Then give me all your information. Huh. Uh, yeah, I was struck by that also. They got you over a barrel there. Yeah, it used to be you just had a few cartridges, you'd put the cartridge in, you'd plug it, turn it on, and that's it. And nobody in the world would know where you purchased it, how old you were, what kind of music you listen to, what your spending habits are, and that of your entire family, what your mortgage probably is, all the information that they get from you. And, and of course, before that era, Michael, you just set up the Monopoly board. <laughs> And parcel out the fake dollars and settle in for nine hours of fun. Can I be the schnauzer? And drive Uh, drive your friends into bankruptcy. (laughs) Of course you can be the schnauzer, son. So much more fun to be the schnauzer than the iron. Um, There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. Are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Just wanted to highlight a uh, a show that I discovered. I didn't discover it. It I I heard about it, and I watched it. Yeah, you're like Columbus. I've discovered this land. What about the natives, Sean? (laughs) Uh, Gangs of London. Uh, It is on the AMC. If you have Uh, access to AMC, you can... I've seen the trailer on it. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I watched the entire first season in about two days. Uh, it is, uh, it reminds me very much of the early good seasons of Fargo. It, it, it kind of focuses on, on crime in London, but it does so from the perspective of several different overlapping perspectives and families and classes. And it's, it's really well done. Some really, uh, intense fight scenes. I didn't even know darts could be used like that. Durr! Um, it, it looked to me like a good way for people to realize if you think crime in big cities is bad now, you, you should be thankful you didn't live mm. in a prior age. It's a good point. So, uh, Gangs of London on AMC, is that what you said? Yes, yes, okay. AMC. Note to self. By the way, this is just breaking. Uh, well, there's a, there's a Matt Gates story we need to tell you about. I'll save that for the other side of the break. I'm sure it's charming and wholesome. <laughs> and we're going to have to dig up the details on that. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is already how to get to be Wednesday, April 14th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. The show begins now, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, at Mark. The J&J vaccine makes up less than 5% of the more than 190 million recorded shots in arms in the United States to date. Worth noting, but nobody can seem to figure out why you would pause the vaccine for a a tiny, tiny, tiny 
possible problem. We have to talk more about that later. Because of bull spit. How does mailbag look? Well, it's outstanding. It addresses that question directly. If you like titillation, the Matt Gates story is good. Mm. So i got to tell you what's uh, breaking on that. All that stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, a couple of young ladies, and I use the term loosely, um, who claimed they were involved in uh, drug-fueled sex parties with Congressman Matt Gates and others, were on CNN this morning. Of course you would be. And we'll have some of the highlights of that. Yeah, of course you would be, exactly. As a willing participant in debauchery, the minute it became possible to become famous by disclosing everything, Or possibly you profit. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. that's the best possible outcome of debauchery. Yeah. You, know, you got a point. Although, <laughs> I, I don't know if these particular women are prostitutes or not. You know, there's allegations that Matt Gates was uh, in, in dealing with prostitutes. If I'm a prostitute and I think I can make as much or more money by just talking about the sex rather than having sex with the sweaty... Uh, Disgusting person. Um, uh, I'd Maybe you ought to pick your lovers more carefully. It's always sweaty in your scenario. <laughs> Why don't you get some air conditioning over there? Open a window. I just, exactly. I get I a know. non-sweaty lover. I just got to think a lot of prostitutes are catching guys at the end of a long day. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I always uh, cleanliness is next to uh, sexiness, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. I've seen depictions in movies where it just wasn't that. Uh... I've also seen depictions in movies where it was like it was like you know Prince Charming had come, like Richard Gere and Julia Roberts back in the nineties. Sure, and everybody <laughs> smells like a bed of roses. <laughs> exactly. Mailbag. Hey, it's amazing that kids ever got produced in the Middle Ages. You know? Oh, I know. When everybody was all stanky, and the Pope you, told you, must... you not to take a bath. And there's no birth control. Right. You combine all those things. Uh, did anybody ever have sex? Well, yeah, I think you needed 15 children to get the work done at the farm there to shovel the bull crap to continue the theme. All right, let's move along. Our freedom-loving quotes of the day from Voltaire once again, continuing the series, because we're so dang literate around here. Voltaire said the more often a stupidity is repeated, the more it gets the appearance of wisdom. I like that. Sure, Dad. I like that, yeah. And let's pair this one with it. It is clear that the individual who persecutes a man, his brother, because he is not of the same opinion, is a monster. How about that? If you persecute someone because they're not of the same opinion, you're a monster. Hmm. Can you imagine if that line of thinking uh, held sway these days? It would change the discourse an awful lot. Yeah, I like the uh, the quote I've been going with, heard on Meet the Press this week. It's a David French quote, actually. But him describing those people as monsters is himself participating in the very oh. thing he is decrying. Oh! <laughs> uh, I like the quote of, uh, we live in a political time where if you agree with somebody on 80% of things, they're your enemy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great quote. Yeah, and it's very true. I think it might even be more like 95%. And uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, I have the quote up in the office. I should have it memorized at this point, but I'm a bit of a dim bulb. Uh, let me never fall for the conceit that... Uh, uh, if someone disagrees with me, they are persecuting me. Hmm. Something to that effect. Uh, you're allowed to disagree with people. It's okay. Moving along. Not an accident. Words matter, writes Nate. That uh, Kami uh, Rashid Talib. what's her name? Rashid Talib. Congressman Talib was uh, slightly correct. The Dante homicide absolutely was not an accident. 
100% negligence is the only appropriate word to describe what happened unless it was intentional, which I doubt very much. Uh, guns do not shoot themselves. So they, she neglected to use the taser. So they will determine whether it's an ND or an AD, because that's, that's part of the investigation. Accidental discharge and neglig- negligent discharge are two different things, and they will determine that. Um, I don't know why it wouldn't be an AD in this case, so, but I'd have to hear well, more about it. I tell you what, if you as an officer, and granted, it's easy to armchair quarterback from behind a microphone. I get that 100%. But if you as a cop can't differentiate between your laser and your firearm, what can you do? Shouldn't we start there, maybe? Yeah. Still seems like an accident to me. Like a, a negligent is like I'm walking around with my finger on the trigger with my gun, and I'm just walking around, and I hit my elbow on the wall, and it goes off. That's negligent mm. because I'm doing things you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um. But if I'm doing things I should do and it accidentally goes off, that's well. I don't know. But it didn't. I mean, should putting your t- your firearm in your hand and shout taser, taser, taser. That's certainly something you should not do. But she didn't know she was doing it. Right. Right. Uh, she, interesting. She, she resigned yesterday. We need to point that out. And then she's going to be charged with something. I don't know how the law works on that. Well, that is why the law has many levels of negligence. Right. From from whoops to you know just a, a utterly completely willfully woefully wantonly negligent, and we're out of time to do the uh, correspondence. Okay, uh, well, well, well let's get to that deeply. later. While we're on the subject, hey, news organizations, could you throw in one line? It doesn't take long that they were attempting to arrest him because he he's got outstanding uh, problems dealing with an armed robbery. He's a Correct. guy who puts a gun in people's faces and steals money from them. Can you throw that line into the story at least? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's so, uh, all. Anybody thinks your taxes is going up anytime soon? Relax. Anybody thinks this bill's going to pass anytime soon? Relax. I thought that was I thought that was stunning from John Boehner, <laughs> former Speaker of the House. We'll talk more about that coming up later. I started into his book; it's already interesting. Um, so more how can it one. not be? Really? Um, the, well, and the style he's writing with makes it interesting. P.S. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, I hey, oh hey, no! That style? There was some good feelings. There was praise happening <laughs> to the anger. I thought that was an example of the writing style. Couple of. <laughs> A couple of women went on CNN Day to talk uh, CNN today to talk about drug and sex parties with uh, Representative Matt Gates, which is just scurrilous. I mean, that's the only reason I'm interested in it. Uh, his career doesn't matter that much to me. Um, and what's the other thing? Oh, I, I, I really think m- more people should at least point out the part of the news story with the the the, the guy who got shot in, in Minnesota, and it's a tragedy. He should not have been shot in that situation at all. I mean, there's no disagreement with there, but. Um, the full situation is not being described by most media outlets, and we need to do that. So stay tuned for all that. Indeed, I think that perspective is an important one. Sure. Uh, for, for significant, specific, logical reasons. So stay tuned, although logic gets less and less uh, heeden, uh, credence these days. It's heeded less and less. Hence, the theme of our show today is dealing with bull crap all day long. For instance... The Johnson & Johnson vaccine, perhaps you've heard that it has uh, been suspended in the United States for an analysis because six women, fairly young women, out of 6.8 million people to receive the vaccine developed a uh, rare and dangerous, although they're fine, uh, blood clot condition. 
And uh, let's start with clip 30, Sean, and then we'll discuss. Are you ruling out the possibility that the vaccine could be removed from the market? I mean, are you ruling out that, are you expecting it to be re-allowed? You know, I think it would be premature to comment on that, and that's the reason why the pause was done, so that they could take a good look at it very carefully, look at every different factor. I, I wouldn't want to speculate as to what, what would happen. First of all, lazy, stupid, sensationalistic journalism. Right. Will you rule out? That's just that dumb. question exists only dumb. so they can print. Fauci won't rule out banning the J and J vaccine for the rest of human history. I wish more people would take on the press in that yeah. way. Look, here, here. That, that's a that's not the proper way to pose that question. Ruling things out is not what I do. Ruling right. things out is not what any smart pe- person does. Why would you do that at this point? Only an idiot would rule anything out at this point. What kind of question is that? And then just slap them. Well, okay, maybe don't slap them. But <laughs> you know, I'm increasingly annoyed by old man Fauci. But let's uh, listen. Fauci to doesn't rule out sm- smacking, slapping. <laughs> Young female reporters. <laughs> Clip 31, Sean. The fact that this was done would, in my mind, underscore and confirm how seriously we take safety, even though it's a very mm-hmm. rare event. So if anybody's got a doubt that oh, they may not be taking safety very seriously, I think this is an affirmation okay, that safety is a is primary consideration. That's a pretty fine. good spin, but from him especially... He's been the number one person in the world for emphasizing safety around COVID for over a year now. Now, all of a sudden, it's more important the safety on the vaccine because the numbers are one out of a million people got six from the vaccine. One out of 600 people have already died from COVID. One out of 600 people die from COVID so far in America. One out of a million people got sick from the vaccine. The numbers aren't even close on that. I have a couple of quibbles with what you just said. Even if it was one out of six true. died, even if you went with one out of six died, you'd still be better off taking the vaccine than not, wouldn't you? A couple of quibbles. Number one, it was one out of 1.33 million. So your rounding error was one out of 133,000. So the rounding makes it incredibly unlikely this would happen. Second, and this is what's been driving me crazy. Tucker Carlson was on this uh, last night talking about uh, how uh, six people got the blood clots from the vaccine. There has been absolutely zero firm connection between the vaccine and the blood clots. Yeah, they're not certain with that. It's correlation. Nobody has caused causation, or nobody has proved causation. Nobody's even strongly suggested causation, except for certain uh, commentators. So I must ask that we not do that. Well, it seems to me, though, uh, you could go ahead and say they died. It doesn't make any difference. It still wouldn't even be a close call. True, uh, but the the fact that the case is many times weaker than that, many it's a fraction that strong. I, I think is worth pointing out. But so I pause the question: What's the uh, frequency of deep vein thrombosis in the general population? Because nobody is mentioning that. In no. Any of the sh- crappy, no. crappy. I almost used the sh word for crappy. <laughs> I heard it. I'm, I'm, I, you know what? I'm just, I'm so fired up about this. And it, it, if journalism sucked. Joe's feeling froggy today, people. Buckle up. Don't have the children listen. Maybe have a stiff drink. <laughs> if this crappy, crappy journalism 
just exists, existed in a vacuum, it would still annoy me because of the kind of guy I am. I'm just picky and I hate it. But the fact that it deludes my countrymen, it, it leads them down paths of, of, of deceit and dishonesty and bad judgment. That, that And, and then, then that impacts the government, which impacts me. It makes me nuts. Anyway, so I pose the question, so what's the frequency of deep vein thrombosis and similar thrombosis in general populations? Well, uh, Al Anonymous who's uh, a man of, of learning and research in medicine, writes, Dear gentlemen, uh, the report linked below from the NIS shows that each year about five people out of 10,000 develop a deep vein thrombosis. It's about five one-hundredths of a percent, 0.05%. So if six people had developed a DVT after seven million had received the J&J jab, that's 0.000857%. Percent, then perhaps the relevant headline should be J&J jab greatly reduces the likelihood of deep vein thrombosis. <laughs> but that would generate fewer clicks. So support KOCS. Keep our click economics strong. Nice job, Stan Anonymous. It's the headline front page USA Today, San Francisco Chronicle that I'm looking at, Sacramento Bee that I'm looking at. Uh, it's the top of the fold big story. After clot warning. Halting J and J shots. I'm now, reminded of uh, Kevin in, in Placerville's brilliant email of the other day. Uh, stay tuned for season two of COVID Fear. You think that's what they're up to, or is it just are they just dumb? I think a lot of them are dumb. Uh, I think they have the inclination well, to to whip up as much COVID fear as possible because that's their go to. It was like uh, anti Trump, you know, was for five years, and now it's it's COVID fear. So yeah, they hear something that seems to fit in, they just whip it up. The facts be damned. Now it is true that J and J only five percent of the vaccines given out so far. So luckily, it's a small number of the total percentage of people getting shots. But mm-hmm. uh, most people seem to think of that crowd that was on the fence of whether or not I should get the shot. I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this you know set that back by a lot. It absolutely did. Yeah. And Tucker's it was point was Tucker's point. I think was. It doesn't make sense, so there must be something more to this that they're hiding from us. Right, exactly. The numbers of blood clots are many times higher. That's the only thing that would justify them suspending the J&J vaccine, because the facts on their face, as I've been describing to you, do not justify suspending it at all. In fact, not even close. If it were a 100 times higher, it wouldn't justify it. So there must be something going on. And, Tucker, with all due respect, you might be right. I have no particular desire for one outcome or, or another. But, you know, just addressing Tucker directly, dude, what's going on is Fauci and company are utterly aware of the clickonomics and the harem scarum stories, and they think the thing to do is suspend it, wait a couple of days, then say it's perfectly safe. Well, they're, they're overreacting. Was there any medical professional that stood up yesterday and said, look, the numbers are overwhelmingly one direction on this. The COVID is way scarier for you than this vaccine. It's not even close, people. Uh, uh, yeah, even if, and I do not concede that the J&J caused the clots. I don't care if I have no dog in this this race um, or horse in this fight or whatever. And if you're going to horse, horse fights, fights, you're a sicko. Anyway. Um, the kicks. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's the kicks, Sean. They don't carry guns. Uh, anyway, um, th- 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 even if I were to concede that it was no true. No rabbit punching. <laughs> even if I I'm were- a horse. It'd be by definition horse punching. 
Oh, this is why you have to set the rules in advance. Otherwise, it's just arguing. It's like little kids making up a game in the backyard. Which Tweet kids used foul to... donkey punch. That's not a donkey punch. How could it be a donkey punch? <laughs> Where were we? Ah, even if I were to concede those numbers are cause and effect as opposed to correlation and not causation, it would still be clearly a good idea to get the vaccine. But I don't concede that at all. So I just I think this is the sort of dumbed down lowest common denominator denominator uh, public policy that we're used to seeing, Tucker. That's all this is. And again, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first guy to admit it because I don't particularly care. I just want to know what the truth is. More on this throughout the show. Um... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. One more giant uh, COVID related story. CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, has broken rather loudly and aggressively with his CNN colleagues who had mocked former CDC director Robert Redfield's claim that, hey, it looks like the COVID-19 probably came from that Wuhan Institute of Virology. CNN mocked Redfield for that. Mm -hmm. Sanjay Gupta has come out. Yeah, I know it because, well, Trump had suggested that was true, so it had to be false. Uh, But Sanjay Gupta has come out and said pretty pointedly, no, I think that's the most likely uh, cause. (laughs) So more on that. How would it not be the most likely cause? I mean, it's just hard to even imagine. I I think that's just a beautiful illustration of Trump derangement syndrome and how crazy it may be. You talk about Occam's razor. I mean, come on. The most likely thing, most likely being true. Um, uh, We do have breaking news. uh, Dead celebrity. Bernie Madoff is dead at the age of 82. One of the (laughs) best best Ponzi schemers in the history of Ponzi schemes. Our old boss, I remember when the stock market was doing what it's doing right now. um, Doing pretty well. And uh, then uh, a, a year where it wasn't doing very well. Our old boss said to us, you know, I don't know what the deal is with my guy, but whether the stock market goes up or down, wherever it happens, I get like 12% returns. And it turned Every out. Every year, year after year. And it turned out he had his money with Bernie Madoff, like a lot of people from New York did. And it was a Ponzi scheme. And he lost it. Yeah. Like thousands of, of old folks and retirees and the rest of it. He's an unspeakably, was an unspeakably evil piece of crap. Pulled it off. Did all those people get paid back? They I lost don't their think money? so. No. No. Wow, that no, sucks. No, because Ponzi schemes last until uh, things go sour. Oh, yeah, there's no money. It would have had to come right. from taxpayers or something. But No, that did not happen. Uh, they got pennies. Oh, boy, I just saw something on the screen about robot lawnmowers. Boy, hide your kids and your pets. That reminds me. They're just giving the robots spinning blades now. Yeah, exactly. Just oh. setting them loose outside. Oh, my gosh. Where's Fluffy? Whew, I got a rough story for you. Durf. I had a dog. I got uh, a, a dog attempting to bite me for the first first time in my life last night. Really? Yeah, at a park. I'll tell that story. Oh, I kicked that dog so hard, he's going to remember me. Um, <laughs> wow, dog kicker. <laughs> more on that story later. He put a hole in my pant leg. Luckily, he didn't get my leg. Um, oh. Uh, oh, sex and drugs. We got to talk about that coming up next uh, around uh, Representative Matt Gates. Sex and drugs. Apparently, well, maybe he can teach us all about how to have a good drug sex party. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. According to receipts reviewed by CNN, Gates and his associate Joel Greenberg used digital payment apps. 
to send hundreds of dollars to at least one woman who attended these parties. Now, these receipts, viewed by CNN, record payments that took place between 2018 and 2019 and include at least one that indicated in its label that it was to compensate for travel. That's a CNN report where they talked to a couple of the women involved in the drug sex parties that Matt Gates allegedly was involved in. Two women went on CNN today looking at their pictures. Mm, pretty attractive women. We got we get this text from a policeman. Uh, I've booked many a prostitute into the county jail. Sweaty is the least of their disgustingness, Jack. No. I don't think Matt Gates, as a guy whose dad is like the biggest swinging pocketbook in Florida in Republican politics, uh, is is a guy who needs, is picking up street walkers, probably. No, I don't know, officer, if you've ever been to Las Vegas, but there's quite a gulf between a street walk and, for instance, Krakoe. And uh, like a, a, an expensive call girl that a rich politician might escort. I'm sorry, of course, my dear. Of course, Hunter Biden was, you know, tied to one of the most powerful people in the world, but he was so far down the crack addict road right. that right. he was consorting with a pretty ugly crowd. Right, right. I mean, ugly uh, figuratively. Right. Probably also descriptively. Well, um, I don't know. There were some. Uh, I've seen some. Uh, some of the gals he was with. They were pretty attractive. Their teeth were dropping out the, like uh, snowflakes on a winter's day. In the but, videos he kept and posted, yes, uh, yes. I got. I'm, I'm guessing there are some. So Joe and I did a ride. Where did we do the ride along? Where the, the the somehow the idea of crack whores came up? And I made guys, I made a joke about are we going to see any? And the guy said, "Would you like to?" That was Charlotte. And he drove Charlotte, North Carolina. And he drove yeah. us to a particular area to meet some uh, crack addicted uh, professional women. And uh, sexy was not a word. <laughs> if you gave me a hundred to describe them, but available oh. was. <laughs> oh boy, Sean, looking yeah. to mingle for a rock, you can rock. Anyway, these women are uh, relatively attractive on CNN. Here's more of their description of uh, Matt Gates and drugs and whatnot. Now, we've learned these parties were held at a house in a gated community in suburban Orlando. The women we spoke with said when some of the women arrived, there were rules. For example, the first thing some of them were asked to do was put away their cell phones. Now, one of the women told us the attendees included a who's who of local Republican officials and often included Congressman Gates. And these men just did not want their activities at these parties being documented. Now, we're told people at these parties were often dressed up, coming directly from a political event, and we're told folks mingled and shared drugs, including cocaine and ecstasy. One of the women said that she saw Congressman Gates take a pill she believed was a recreational drug. Now, some of the people at these parties also had sex. Oh, wow. Uh, you, you know, I was you going to ask before we got into this. Now, these uh, so-called drug sex parties, are they just parties where somebody steps outside, smokes a little weed, then a couple of people, they hit it off, they go home together? Yeah, a drug sex party. Sounds like debauchery to me. Here's more. I think this one's short. Greenberg, he, he is potentially such a key player here. He currently faces 33 federal charges, including sex trafficking of a minor, Mm-hmm. Greenberg's attorney declined to comment for this story. But last week he told a judge he expects his client will enter a plea agreement in the coming weeks. And CNN has learned that Greenberg has been providing information to investigators. And according so, to people familiar okay. with the... So hot chicks met up with rich men 
in Florida, and they did a little blow. And they, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And, and they partied, and then sometimes they hooked up. That's shocking. I'll bet that doesn't happen anywhere else in America or the world. Oh, I know it. It's, it, it, it. We need to crack down on it immediately. <laughs> now, look, if old pervo Matt Gates was doing something untoward or illegal or flying underage girls around, well, I want him busted. But please, people got together at a party. There were reportedly drugs. One woman said she took Gates take saw Gates take a pill that may have been a drug. It's what funny <laughs> on what people please. focus on. I'm way more bothered by politicians using my tax dollar inappropriately than what they do with their sex lives. It's not even close as a contest. Yeah. I wonder if that uh, little reporterette could string together a few words on the gigantic bills that have passed in the recent weeks and are about to pass. Well, the Screenberg, or, or not, according to John Boehner. The Screenberg guy, who's supposedly a friend of Gates, I mean, he was all kinds of wasting taxpayer money, giving uh, you know, uh, handouts to friends and spending money on what he set the office on fire with his own personal computer server he bought. With his crypto mining server that he set up. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was in the tradition of like Bell, California. He was one of those local fiefdom uh, politician crooks. Yeah, he's a scumbag. He ought to be in jail. Thanks for taking my money. With two people hooking up at a party in Florida, what I'm shocked by that. Speaking of politics, Ted Cruz has effectively participated in a book burning by throwing a copy of Boehner's new book in the garbage, according to his own Twitter feed. <laughs> oh, it's the Nazis! Book burning, Nazis. Oh, just because uh, John Boehner said this about him is that? P.S. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Oh, so you're not read the book. Settle down. Well, and he had another colorful description of him, I think. Oh, that's a, that's a Stephen Colbert joke, isn't it? You're hard on Ted Cruz in, in oh, this you book. Mean Lucifer, you mean Lucifer in the flesh. <laughs> Lucifer in the flesh. Wow. That's fair. Fair criticism. Um, uh, details being left out of that shooting that happened in Minnesota that we ought to fill you in on. Armstrong and Getty.